Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes today. I hope you're all doing really well. I am so excited for this week's podcast episode as we have the lovely Johnny Lawrence with us. So Johnny, if you don't know, is a people-centered, forward-focused life coach, self-development specialist, and the host of Life Talk, the self-development podcast. He has combined his own experience of trauma and healing with education from formal sources alongside reading and seminars to develop a deep intuition and passion for helping others. Welcome to the show, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for this. Um, it's been, uh, it was lovely speaking to you last time and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, my pleasure. So I came on Johnny's podcast a few months ago um, and I had to ask him to come on mine just because we had such an epic conversation and I love Johnny's story as well. So I thought it'd be amazing to share his perspective um, as a self-development life coach, but also some of the traumas and challenges that he's been through throughout his life as well. But before we get into all of that stuff, when did you spiritually awaken, Johnny? What's your story? Um, I suppose I'm not sure I can say I spiritually awakened. Um, but I definitely, I definitely come to realization that I had a lot more control over my life than I thought I did. And that actually, if I, you know, like my mum used to say, if you want to get things done, do it yourself. (laughs) So that's where I've, I sort of come to the realization that some of the things that have happened to me in my life, the trauma and all of the childhood experiences that I had, um, yes, they were bad. Yes, they were awful. And yes, they shaped the way I see the world, um, the relationships I form and um, the way I live my life for a very long time. But after a little while, I started to realize that some of those things had I changed the perception of them can actually be gifts. Uh, and that was where I realized that, um, oh, if I can do that, what else can I do? You know? 
definitely and I think that's a really good way to look at it as well because some people class themselves as spiritual some people don't and there's no right or wrong with it at all and like you say it's probably more of that gradual unfolding of awareness and realization and thinking like okay like I can see things different differently and use these different tools and modalities to support myself and to you know help yourself get out of a really difficult space so I love that perspective so in your work you talk about relaxing more and being present and the present moment is such a hot topic I love talking about so how can we relax more into the present moment and stop striving for perfection which I know both of us do suffer with (laughs) perfectionism as you put it is real (laughs) yeah I mean um I've uh I've I've really probably with perfectionism I've probably only just recently um really been in a space where I've been able to sort of see it for what it is and and what I believe it is, 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 is an addiction. Um, you are, I am addicted to perfection, you mm-hmm. know, or at least striving to perfect things. And um, one of the things that's really helped me the most is, is accepting situations as they are, you know, like uh, my son, he has a lot of challenges and um, I very often have to say to him, um, what can you smell? What can you see? You know, what, what, what can you hear? and bring him back into the moment very often. Because I think, especially for me, when I've got so many demons of my past, if I sit and dwell upon wishing things were different, wishing I hadn't had certain experiences, um, it can take me down dark paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you take that trauma and that expectation of, of how life can turn out, um, I can be quite anxious about things coming up, even things like this, you know, or what if I say something wrong? What, what if people don't like me? What if all these different things? So, you know, growing up with trauma um, left me with hypervigilance. It left me with a feeling of dread. It left me with like fear and, and paranoia. Um, catastrophization, that's another one. Wow, there was, a, there was a time where I could take anything. If you give me a million pounds, I would be concerned about how I was going to spend it. <laughs> you know, and, um, and self-hatred is the truth. And it wasn't until... Um, I started realizing that my thoughts and the way I think aren't facts. They're not truths. And then you have a bad thought or a thought in a moment affected by a mood. And then you, uh, you, you sort of add another thought on top of that. And then another thought on top of that and another thought on top of that. And before you know it, you're in a really bad way. So I started realizing that actually what I can do is I can observe my thoughts and I can not assume that they're truth or facts and that actually everything is changeable. And I come to the conclusion that you have far more control over your life than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, like you say, because I've literally been talking about this very recently on the podcast, ironically, about like living grief and allowing things to be what they need to be. And I think that's definitely been such a powerful journey for myself over my spiritual journey over the last five years, because, you know, I always say, oh, I'm a Virgo, I'm a Virgo. But actually, like you say, it is that addiction where through trauma, through limiting beliefs, fears, whatever it may be, whatever you've experienced, you know, like holding on to that control, like it's not helping you to manifest. It's not helping you to be in that present moment. And, you know, it's so 
it, it's ironic, isn't it? How we have to grieve those versions of our lives that we thought we were yeah. going to have, or we thought we were going to live. Um, and it's just not spoken about enough. So I think that's why people really struggle to get present and be in the present moment because they're still reliving that past or romanticizing that future. And neither are here, neither exists. Like we're here right. now right. having this conversation, you know, um, but are we accepting it for what it is? So I think it's definitely that awareness is key. Um, but also, like you say, being able to witness what what you're feeling, what you're um, going yeah. through is so important because then you can say, right, where has this come from? How can I deal with this? How can I, you know, how can I work to heal and release this essentially? So um, ask it yeah. questions, ask any questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, with perfectionism, um, I found like I, I had a bit of an all or nothing attitude towards things, you know, and the problem with that is, it, you know, if you're striving for perfection, which is impossible, right? Then first and foremost, you're setting yourself up for failure. And if, you know, I get people that say, well, how about almost perfect? <laughs> no, <laughs> almost perfect was failure to me. I'm sorry. I know not say that's right. I've come to realize that that type of thinking is, is, uh, was not serving me. It's probably the best way to put it. But then, you know, like I said about unrealistic expectations, um, having unrealistic standards um, mm-hmm. and, and putting that on somebody else as well, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I used to do that a lot because um, I had trouble trusting people. So I would set high bars for myself, which I would or wouldn't achieve. Then I'd set high bars for someone else, if not only to confirm that people let you down. <laughs> and it's like, wow. <laughs> You're really, you're really giving us some thought, Johnny. What's happening here? Johnny, but, I literally think we're like the same person. I'm literally like, well, yeah, did yeah. this, did this. <laughs> well, I gravitated to you. I said that to you in the podcast that uh, that we did together before, that um, you know, you spoke to me in a way in which um, I needed to be spoken to at the time. You, you helped me understand. And what I loved was that you own any flaws that you perceive, you own them, you put them out there. You're not trying to be perfect, which is ironic. Ironic. <laughs> you know, you know uh, but you know, just recently, the last time I spoke to you, um, we were speaking about investing in the outcome, mm-hmm. how invest, I get so invested in outcomes that it's actually ridiculous. It's laughable in fact, because I will try to influence situations way past the point I can influence them. You know, yeah. like I'll do all, I, what, I, what I want to do is do all the work I can do, work hard and say, that's the best I could do. And now I'm going to move away from that and I'm going to surrender, as I've heard you say before. Mm. Mm, doesn't <laughs> I, work, does it? I, I struggled a lot with that. I'm like, so surrender. Where's, what's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, no, no, it's not negotiable. It's just, that's it, it's done. But um, I, I, I find that really hard to do that. And the only way I can really get around that now is know that if I do something and I'm proud of myself and I want to improve upon that, that's okay. But don't do it from that point of that, you know, that taught self-hatred that Mm -hmm. I had as a child. Do it from a point of the point uh, from where I love and respect myself enough to make that improvement. And that's what I try to put over to clients as well. You know, especially when I was a a health and fitness coach, Um, if somebody hated themselves and they wanted to change something because they hate it, Mm -hmm. I would tell them from the beginning that wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And they would say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, when you can stand with yourself, you can want to make improvements in yourself. That's okay. You know, we can all look in the mirror and say, oh, you know, I'd rather if my tummy wasn't so big or or my bum wasn't so big or whatever. That's okay if that's what you want to do. But don't do it because you hate yourself. That's mm-hmm. that's really, you know, when, when, when it gets difficult to achieve that goal, when the challenges come in, when the friends say, hey, do you want to meet for wine or whatever? 
hating yourself is not going to hold up as motivation. No. <laughs> um, loving yourself and giving yourself compassion and saying, hey, I've been good. I've had, a, I've, I've exercised a few times this week. I've watched what I ate. I'm going to go out and have some cocktails. I'm going to have some wine. I deserve it. Because guess what? Nobody piled on loads of weight from having wine one night. It, it's never happened, you know? So exactly. anyway, I digress, I think. <laughs> <laughs> good digression though and I love what you said because it's really true like balance is key whether it's weight loss whether it's fitness whether it's mental health whether it's whatever it is you know balance is key with all of this and I think it's when you can really look at yourself and say hey I'm gonna mess up like me and Johnny can sit here and say we've messed up in life I'm sure many times we are gonna mess up we're humans we're messy human beings we are not designed to be these perfect perfect creatures that just excel because guess what we're on a spiritual journey like we came down here to the classroom of life to learn and when you learn just like with anything whether it's driving or learning to ride a bike or whatever it is you're gonna fall off the bike you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna feel like giving up you're gonna feel like you're a failure but with persistence and with time, you're going to learn how to ride that bike. And now, you know, you ride that bike or, you know, drive your car, whatever it is, without even thinking about it. And I think it's really about giving yourself permission to mess up. And I really, I think Brene Brown's work really was the turning point for me with this inner work, because um, I just love how she talks about, you know, being imperfect, daring greatly, being in the arena of life. Like, I think her work is so beautiful for that because she so openly shares the messy side of life. And I think it gives people that permission to be like, you know what? Life is messy sometimes and that's okay. And not even the Virgo or the perfectionist can you know, perfect that. It's just life. Yeah, I'm a Gemini. So imagine what the struggles I have. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Johnny often argue. <laughs> it, it's, it's not, I mean, Brene Brown, um, she is an industry uh, treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, what she did, well, I'm, I'm spe- I, I, don't, I don't know if I can articulate it. I'm with you. I, I haven't read all of her books and um, our mutual friend Hannah put me on to Daring Greatly um, and I'm just making my way through that. But I've seen the TED Talks and I've seen the uh, Netflix special mm. and um, constantly watching interviews and podcasts with her in. And yeah, you're right. She's, um, you know, I don't know what the world will be like without her work. I, I truly believe it's impacted um everything (laughs) i don't know how you can hear it and not be affected by it could be definitely well definitely read rising strong as well that was my second favorite daring greatly is the first favorite book rising strong is definitely the second one and i just it's the follow-on so it makes a lot Mm. more sense once you've read daring greatly but completely agree with that so let's talk about the inner critic then so we've spoken Mm. about perfectionism so with that comes the battle the inner critic of the inner critic ego coming up being like you shouldn't be doing this you should be doing this are you good enough so what are your top tips for dealing with the inner critic uh i noticed something and that was that when you criticize yourself you judge a judgment on yourself um it's very often how you judge other people too so actually it's very difficult to say to somebody you know a lot of people talk about speaking to yourself in the mirror now i don't agree or disagree with that but what i do wonder is how useful it is if you don't believe it Mm-hmm. So if you look into the mirror and you lie to yourself, say, you know, then that that's 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 I'm not sure that how helpful that's going to be. So what I'm trying to say is how you judge other people will most likely be how you judge yourself. So practice not judging other people. 
you know first and foremost not judging is probably not an option we all judge everybody does no matter what they say we all make judgments of people um but what you say what you put out there in the universe that is a choice <laughs> you know we've all seen things and gone mm, better not say that <laughs> you know and uh, and and actually after practicing that for a while i think you can actually get very good at how you articulate or how you think around your judgments and then I believe that will have a knock-on effect on how you judge yourself. So that would be my first point. And the other thing as well is to not be too unkind to yourself. So have that compassion. You know, we all have that friend that says to you, um, that gives you their opinion. And you just think oh, that is the most useless opinion I've ever been given. But what you say is, thanks, mate. I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> Do you want a drink? <laughs> you know, and I think that that's a good approach to take yourself. If you are criticizing yourself, then that's okay. You know, thank you for that criticism, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. You know, mm -hmm. so not taking that criticism, internalizing it, and then coming to the conclusion that you're useless and that you hate yourself and that you can't do anything, you know, which is what can happen with some people. Um, and I think also, you know, I know you speak a lot about it and um, I could speak about it for hours or listen to you speak about it for hours uh, around the inner child mm -hmm. and, and uh, that inner critic, um, everyone I think is quick to criticize or dislike um, that inner critic, but actually, is it not possible that it could be a part of you that's not being heard or not being served? Um, so if your kid says something or does something, you're not gonna come in at them, you know, with this barrage of shouting and anger. You're gonna try and help them understand. You're gonna speak to them kindly and softly because you appreciate that they're a small child and they just don't know this yet. You know, and I say that a lot to my clients and it irritates the life out of them. And it's that you don't know something until you know something. So mm -hmm. why be so, <laughs> what, what is the sense in saying, to, oh, I'm so angry that I didn't know that. Why? <laughs> you didn't know it. And there's, there's nothing you could do about that. You, you were unaware and now you're aware. If you do it again, maybe you can be a little bit more harder on yourself. But to be hard on yourself for not knowing something is, um, is a bit silly, really. <laughs> and uh, so what I'm saying is um, treat yourself a bit like a child in some sense, you know, nurture that inner child of yours. Of yours. Um, I don't know whether that's inner child healing or not, but I, I think that nurturing that side of you is, is a very positive thing to do. Um, remind yourself often, remind your critic often of the things that you're good at. Very, you know, like we've, we, I'm sure you've done it, I have. You put up a post, you're really proud of it. And loads of people tell you how great it is and how inspiring it is. And then this one person says, I don't agree. <laughs> guess, what, guess what you're thinking about for the rest of the evening? <laughs> the one person that doesn't agree. And, and, I, and I think it's really important that we, we focus more on the things that we're good at, the positives um, instead of the negative. Because the truth is you can't be good at everything. You can't please everyone all the time. And that you, uh, you'll find that if you focus on the things that you're good at, that it's going to be a, you're going to be a lot happier I would say um and then lastly um who's to say that the criticism's not right sometimes mm. who's to say that it's not right sometimes and that there isn't a route that needs to be looked into you know because I heard a great story uh, I think it I can't remember where I've heard it so I'm not going to say in case I get it wrong but it was about uh, it's about a monk who asked a room of people um tell me something that you feel you didn't deserve. And everybody spoke a bit about bereavement, losing their job, getting injuries, breaking up with people, losing relationships, lots of stuff. And the monk says at the end, 
you're absolutely right. None of you deserve that. But I noticed that nobody said anything positive. Mm. And the assumption is there that we wake up in the morning and whatever. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The life we're leading, all the good things that happen to us, that we deserve them, but we don't deserve the bad stuff. And... It's like you meet somebody who wins the lottery. Did they deserve that? I don't know, you know, but lots of people think they do <laughs> and, and, and we'll take that over the bad stuff. So sometimes when, when, when you're criticized when, or you criticize yourself, is there a point there? Should you listen? Are you feeling a bit embarrassed? Are you resentful because you're embarrassed? You know, it's okay to make mistakes, you know? So I think that's what I would say to uh, dealing with your inner critic. <laughs> And I think that's such good advice because the inner child, like, you know, you know, from my work as well, like it is, I always see the inner child ego in a critic as the same because it is that version of yourself that wants to be seen, that wants to be heard, that wants to experience love. So that reparenting yourself almost of like having compassion, talking to yourself like that small child is it is absolute healing and it, it creates wonders and I love that you brought up mirror work as well because I think a lot of people especially in the law of attraction sphere affirmations and mirror work are the most like do this do this you'll manifest your dreams so when I suggest it to people as like self-love exercises or self-love healing they're like oh but you know I do affirmations they don't work but you, you're right you have to believe them to some degree you can't just look in the mirror and say I'm a millionaire because you're going to be like what no you're not um, <laughs> or you know even look in the mirror and say like you know I'm beautiful and confident to some people that might be like oh no or even the I love you statement I normally get my clients to say I love you in the mirror and they're like ah don't make me do it so like I think with affirmations and stuff like that I always say like look at on it look at it on a scale so if it's a seven or above on the belief scale so one being I don't believe ten being I fully believe great work with the affirmation you believe it to some degree and you've got that space to grow but if you are feeling that it's a two don't say that affirmation because like Johnny said, you're not believing it. You're feeling like you're lying to yourself. So you're actually not getting anywhere with it. So that's where imposter syndrome comes from, doesn't it? You know, exactly. So simplify, 
simplify the affirmation, simplify it into something that does feel that seven or above and build up from it. So I loved what you shared that. I thought they were really good tips. And, you know, I've never actually heard someone talk about maybe sometimes it's right as well, because I think even then I was like, oh, that's so true, Johnny. It's so true. <laughs> don't want to hear bad stuff. Um, and, you know, it, there are people out there speaking about this now that that are saying that's some of what's wrong with society these days is that we're trying to create this unrealistic world where no one's offended and and nothing nothing goes wrong and you know and I've been obviously I was about to say I've been a mixed race kid all my life like well what other choice did I have but but I, I have and and there's lots of things around race that are are difficult to accept but I think it's also unrealistic for me to expect everybody in the world to change their opinion because I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I'd love it to be true, but mm. at the end of the day, we're deluding ourselves unless we live and deal with truths. And that's just one of them, unfortunately, that sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you're not right. <laughs> and it hurts, doesn't it? It stings yeah. in a hard place. <laughs> Definitely. But it's all about how you rise up from that, the conversations you have, how you can rise up and how you can create more awareness. And I think it's so true what you say of holding that expectation of the whole world being this like perfect picture Mm. probably is unrealistic for our lifetime. But Mm. even just a small impact, even just changes and Mm. creating environments where people feel more safer and feel seen and feel held is something and it's better than where we were before so I think even just even if it's talking to one person or creating an impact with one person that's better than nothing it's better than yeah. nothing and that has that ripple effect where it spreads outwards as such so it no comes down it to is, us it comes down to individuals doesn't it mm-hmm. um if we can affect you can affect people on an individual level level collectively guess what happens you know people start to change their, their mind about things or to to start to entertain different ideas and concepts mm, absolutely absolutely so let's rewind then let's go back to your childhood so you had a very difficult past growing up so having gone through that and that trauma at what point did you think I need to make a change here and I need to choose better um my trauma was Unfortunately, as a child, I had to witness a lot of domestic violence. Uh, I also was subjected to some pretty significant child abuse. Um, There was physical and emotional torture. And um, a lot of people think to themselves, oh, um, it must have been hard being being beaten, being hurt, being, being, you know, victimized in that way. But I... If I'm honest, for me, it was it was watching it being done to your brothers and sisters, being watching it being done to your mother. That's the stuff that keeps me awake at night. That's the stuff that creates the trauma because that's the stuff I saw. And I think for, also I feel in in many ways that that was compiled by the fact that at school I you know we were a poor family, so at school I was fairly undernourished um, and wasn't very good at sport. Um, I later find out in life I'm dyslexic. So um, school wasn't much fun. And as I mentioned before, with the being mixed race, um, there is a thing where you uh, aren't feeling very accepted by white people or black people. Um, and it was just a, a, that, that error, I suppose. Things are different now. Um, 
And in some cases they're not, you know, but if you put them three things together, it very much felt like I was let down by, by everyone. <laughs> and what that does is eventually it will break you or make you. And I come to the conclusion that, and actually I make this sound like so, sort of like a positive thing, but it was born from negativity. I was very angry and resentful of everybody. And the only person I could rely on was myself. So that's where all of the um, self-hatred comes from, the catastrophizing, the fear and paranoia, the distrust of people, the, the feeling of dread, the hypervigilance, all these things come from that. But you know what? It's absolutely tiring to live that way. It really is. It, it's tiring to live that way. I became a professional wrestler um, around uh, 16 years old, 17 years old, something like that. And um, lots of people find it really random. But I've been I on. Say, sort I of... never expected that from you, Johnny. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, um, I've, I've never, never said this before. But um, when I was younger, um, I'd find any opportunity to escape, and professional wrestling um, was my escape. It was the characters, it was the music, it was the commentary, it was the bigger than larger than life people. Um, it was my escape, and I grew very, very attached to it. And it's one of the really most random and strangest things that makes me emotional. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Carol and my wife, she's like, what is he doing? Why is he looking like he's... <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, and my son watches it now. So it's very heartwarming for me and him to watch the wrestling together. But um, I had the opportunity to try it and I did. And there was a lot of violence in that sport, as you can imagine. Mm. But um, I later come to find through going on therapeutic journeys that it's no surprise that I latched onto that violence. Because guess what? I was sometimes you can be comfortable with something that's not good for you, <laughs> you know, and and that's why I was. I was comfortable with violence. I was able to get into the ring, be hurt and still have little thoughts. I remember times being in moves, being in pain, being in agony and thinking, what am I going to buy at the train station when I get there to eat on the train? You know, and it's like, who thinks like that? That's not, that's, that's unhealthy. I'm hungry. What am I going to have later? <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of stuff I had. You know, that's that's a seriously damaged guy. But um, the question you asked was, I started to realise that I had more control over my life and that I needed to decide who I wanted to be and then construct a life around that person. Um I wanted to be educated. Well, how does that happen? All of it requires hard work. It's like what I've heard you say before about manifestations. It's not, it's not just enough to, to, to ask for it. You have to, you know, to stand in the middle of a room and say, I want to win the lottery, but not buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not likely to happen. So for me, I knew that there was a lot of hard work to change my identity. And part of that was to move away from my um, childhood town that I lived in because mm -hmm those people would never allow me to be the person that I wanted to be. Every time I tried to climb up, they would pull me back down again. Now it sounds like I'm blaming other people, but I, I simply wasn't strong enough to stop them at the time. Now I could probably be okay. I don't want to go back, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but I live in Cornwall, why would I? <laughs> but but uh, I, I had to construct that life and I had to give myself time. I had to be compassionate to myself I had to stop demonizing my story um, and take the positives from it. When you're hypervigilant, it means that you, you notice your surroundings and it helps you find opportunities. Um, 
that feeling of dread is actually excitement because everybody knows the same hormone that's released for um, nervousness is the same one that's released for excitement. It's just the perception of that hormone that, that makes you believe that. Um, fear and paranoia, thank you for trying to keep me safe. <laughs> uh, catastrophizing, where's the evidence and what's the worst that can happen? And when that happens, then what? Is it really that bad? And self-hatred, I have to remind myself that I like myself. I have to remind myself, you know, for a long time, I've been trying to be somebody only to recently be told, you know, you're already that person, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and that took me by surprise. I was like, okay, cool. So, but the biggest lesson by far, the one thing that's made the biggest difference in my life is being shown by a man whom which I admire greatly, um, a man named Maliki Dunn. He helped me understand that it's an option to accept stuff. As, the, as it happens um really hard to do really really hard to do in some cases um acceptance isn't the same as forgiveness you know i i'm not sure i can forgive some of the things i've seen and some of the things that have been done to me but i can accept they happened and i can stop having their moments you know i i, I don't have never been diagnosed but i've been told that some of the things i have are very similar to ptsd you know and um uh, for, for many years, I had a problematic relationship with alcohol because it was the only way in which I was able to um, suppress that trauma. Um, mm -hmm. The truth about alcohol is that in some cases, for me, it worked. It did the trick, but it doesn't allow you to be the person that sat in front of you today um, because it has, its, <laughs> it has its downfalls, obviously. But um, some of the things that I've seen, I, I used to see before I used to go to sleep um, when I closed my eyes, you know, I, mm -hmm. things I heard, things I saw. And uh, that, that tortured me for a while. And uh, by far, I recognized that, you know, like I said, the physical violence, that was bad, but it was the, it was the psychological stuff. You know, there was, there was times where I was told I was going to be hurt, but I didn't know when. And I would, I would lie awake at night waiting for it. <laughs> and if I heard people going to the toilet, I'd be terrified. You know, it caused a lot of incidents such as bedwetting, stuff like that. So it all sounds very bad. And it was, but if I was to show anyone anything in this life and it's that I had, I've got every excuse, every reason, every thing you can think of, believe me to, to not be successful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I sit here in this beautiful home that I have with my gorgeous wife and my two lovely children and I'm happy. I'm content, you know, it's possible, but you have to want it. You have to be willing to work for it and you have to be willing to accept a lot of things um, like I said, you don't have to forgive. Sometimes that's not quite possible, but um, you have to accept it. You really do. Yeah. And just literally everything you were saying there was like, what a flipping phenomenal man you are, Johnny, like to have <laughs> gone through all of that and to just each thing you went through and say, actually, you know, like my fear is actually excitement. And it's like to even be able to just turn all of those things around and say, actually, now I see that it's like massive. Like not many people can sit there and say that about their traumas. So like, I think you should be incredibly proud of yourself and just like how well you're doing. And like you say, like against all odds, here you are content and happy with life. And I think so many people will be able to listen to this and relate to that and take comfort from that as well, From because it's not easy. It's not easy to unpack your stuff. It's not easy to accept, like you say, forgiveness is different to acceptance. And it's not easy to sit there and say, 
I accept what happened and I feel peace with that to be able to allow myself to have the life and experiences that I want to live. So I think it's super, super powerful. And I just think that so many people are going to resonate, but also feel inspired by what you said as well. So thank you for, for sharing all of that. So my last question to you today, then Johnny is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my listeners with? Uh, I suppose it's, I lived my life for a long time as what I've heard been called my conditioned self. Mm -hmm. So I lived a life of what my environment, what people, places and things had led me to believe I am. Uh, But now I'm living my life as my authentic self, the person who I really am, the person that I'm getting to know even now. You know, I surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's really nice of you, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, environment's a massive thing to, to do with it. You know, I, I, I had to move away from my, my entire town in order to achieve that. But it's, it's really important that you, you realise that anything is possible. And, that, and I know that sounds really ridiculous and I wish there was another way of saying it, but there isn't because anything is possible. You, you're in control of your own life. And if you accept some of the things that have happened to you and you, you, you work really hard and you have to remind yourself that every day the work has to start again. You know, like I can wake up in the morning every day with something I call dad default. And I have to say, that's not true. <laughs> you know, I look, I look at it like a, like a stream going down a hill. And if you put your foot in front of it, water will go over it, under it, around it, but it won't go away. So you can redirect it. And uh, I have to remind myself every day that I'm, I'm loved and I'm worthy and I'm safe. And I suppose to answer your question shortly, uh, which is not what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can achieve anything you want to do. You know, you, you are in charge of your own life and you just need to take control again. That's what I would say. Amen. Love that. Powerful, powerful words, Johnny. So Mm. where can my lovely listeners find you if they want to learn more about your work and what you have to offer? Uh, I could be found at Johnny Lawrence coaching on most of, uh, social media platforms. Um, I have a YouTube, some of it I'm ashamed of, <laughs> but most of it is great. <laughs> um, and, uh, I've been working over lockdown and, and well, various lockdowns on something I'm calling the life school. I'm very excited about it. I've done some trials and it's really helped some people. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens once it gets released. So yeah, Johnny Lawrence coaching and, uh, also the live talk podcast. Awesome. And I will put a clickable link to Johnny's website in the description below. So you have a really easy access link as well. Thank you so much, Johnny. Honestly, it's been such a privilege having you here today. And I just loved everything you said it. I think it's given people so many truth bombs. It has me as well. So thank you so much for coming on. It's honestly been a joy. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, you know, anytime, I'm always happy to talk to you, Emma. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) 
So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes. I really hope you've enjoyed Johnny and I's conversation today. As always, you can find a clickable link to Johnny's work in the description down below. And if you want to find out anything more about my work, my videos, or any of my offerings, you can find it all over on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where I can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things law of attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a great week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.